Hello, best friends, and welcome to Cast Albums Only. I'm your host, Samantha McKinnon, a broke Midwestern college student with little to no access to New York City theater, so Cast Albums Only will have to do most of the time. Not today, though, because joining us, we have the shelf on which Andrew Randalls would put his Tonys, if he had any, which he doesn't. Which is kind of perplexing to me. <laughs> that has yet to be explained. Yes, today we're talking about The Wonderful Falsettos, which was just released in theaters and which I had the absolute pleasure of seeing. I'm honestly still crying. <laughs> but before we get too into that, I just kind of want to talk about, you know, pro shots and how important they are for, you know, the theater community that lives outside of New York. So I've thought a lot about the whole Broadway bootleg controversy and I've like turned it back and forth over in my mind because Lord knows it comes up every single day with like a lot of the artists on uh, in the Broadway community. And honestly, I understand both sides because obviously these artists want to be paid for their work and deserve to be paid for their work. But on the other hand, you know, people like me who do not live near Broadway and do not have the means to get there or even if I lived close, the means to actually pay for going to a Broadway show, I'm never going to get to consume that content. I'm never, and it's always different. Every show is different, but especially with like the rotating casts, I'm never going to see like the original Broadway cast of Hamilton unless they release the professional recording of it. Because of the way that Broadway is, that's just the nature of the beast with, you know, show business. I always think about it in terms of, like, movies. Like, I am against bootlegging movies just because you will eventually get that exact content later. If you wait for a movie to be out of theaters, you can consume that very same media in a couple months, maybe at most a year when it gets to your local library and you can get it for free. But with Broadway, that's not the case. That's like if you wanted to watch, you know... Pineapple Express. I don't know why I picked that movie, but there it is. And they replaced Seth Rogen with a different actor, and they replaced James Franco with a different actor, and they changed the set of the movie, and the actors delivered the lines differently. Like, it's not the same. It's not the same movie. It's the same concept, and it's the same, you know, basic script maybe, but it's not going to be the same film as what, you know, people who could afford to go to the movie theater saw. And that's very frustrating, like, I'm because I'm never going to be able to see, you know, Jesse Mueller and Waitress unless they release a professional recording. And that's why I love that Falsettos did this, because, you know, they did it for Newsies too, and honestly, it just makes me so much happier, because I get to experience the things that, you know, people went, that went to the theater experienced, and I get to see these actors that I love be these characters, and it, it's it's just the good way of doing things. Like, they still make money because people still go see it. I went to the theater and there were a bunch of people there. So, I don't know. And I can afford a, you know, $10 ticket. Actually, it was $15, which was very surprising. But I can afford a $15 ticket. I can't afford a $100 ticket. So I'm going to get off my high horse or off my soapbox or whatever it was that I was standing and or sitting on and actually talk about falsettos. But that was just my two cents because... I get frustrated with that whole controversy. <laughs> anyway, on to happier things. Falsettos it is. So to be completely honest, <laughs> before I went and saw the filmed production, I had only ever heard one song from Falsettos, and that was what they performed at the Tonys. <laughs> yeah, I literally knew nothing about the plot going in. 
All I knew was that it was gay, which had already sold me, and that Christian Borle was in it. And I don't care if he's 43, which is almost 20 years older than me. He's still my soulmate. It, it's just going to happen for us. <laughs> Ever since I saw him perform hard to be the bard, <laughs> that, that was it. He got me. So, you know, whatever. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. You know, I'm the secreting it into the universe. Anyway, enough about Christian Borle, though I could go on for days. I will probably go on later in this podcast, actually, but that's beside the point. So, anyway, I literally knew nothing. I kind of preferred it that way because I have a bad habit of, like, looking up the plot of a show as I'm listening to the cast album, especially if I don't, like, understand what's going on completely from, you know, like, the music itself on the cast album. Like, I could listen to Hamilton and be fine because the entirety of Hamilton is in the cast album with like the exception of one or two scenes but I had to look up the plot of In the Heights because I didn't really fully understand the context of what was going on so if if I don't fully understand that's enough reason for me to look it up on Wikipedia I'm very like low tolerance for not understanding absolutely everything but I was, I didn't want to do that with falsettos because I didn't want to have like the kind of clinical experience of looking up the songs on Wikipedia. Like it's different for shows that I know I'm never going to be able to see or at least not be able to see for a really long time. But obviously that wasn't the case with falsettos. So I allowed myself to enjoy, you know, it in its full form, which I so rarely get to do, but it was a nice experience. And like I said, I had no idea really what was what going in. So, I don't know. I kind of got the feeling in the second act. I was like, something bad has to happen because they can't just, like, be good now. Like, Wizard and um, Marvin can't just be happy. (laughs) Which is kind of terrible. But, I mean, society sets us up for stories like that. And, obviously, if there's no conflict, then it's kind of boring. But I was not expecting this level of conflict and I really should have because like looking at the time frame I just really should have but yeah when wizard collapses I (laughs) it was really rough from that point forward I was just crying like nonstop. I'm a bit of a crier like on a good day so when I'm watching something like that and I'm so emotional about it of course I'm gonna just be an absolute mess and then at the end the end of course had me crying the hardest with the block as, like, the headstone of Wizard, and I was, like, I I was a wreck. I had to sit in the theater for, like, an extra minute or two. I stayed through the credits just so I could, like, pull my shit together. <laughs> and as soon as I went out, the usher was standing, like, in the doorway, and I looked a wreck, because I had actually put on makeup that day, and I had eyeliner and everything on my, like, there were streaks where, <laughs> there were Ben Platt streaks to where my makeup was for me just, like, bawling my eyes out. And he's like, have a good night. And I'm like, how can I now? It was just, it was great, but it was horrible. On the bright side, I guess, it was a really, like, I found it to be a really funny show. Like, in it's weird that a show which ends so sadly could be so funny but it really was and it was really I don't know what I was expecting I understand why people like it I definitely do it's not one of my favorite shows that I've ever seen but I did enjoy myself while I was in the theater and I definitely yeah understand why it impacts people so much I found that all the characters were (laughs) compelling but also incredibly annoying in their own ways which I might get some flack for but that's still true I mean (sighs) 
obviously the worst was Marvin. <laughs> I hate to say that, but I mean, obviously the worst was Marvin because he was just like unnecessarily mean for no reason. But I don't know. He, I still liked him. I liked all the characters and they felt very real to me for sure. I, they all had their own flaws and you were kind of like yelling at them in your head while you were watching it all for different reasons. Although, <laughs> okay, I take it back. They're not all annoying because the lesbians are the best part of it. <laughs> Obviously, I would say that. But like I said, everyone actually does have their flaws and they are very compelling. All of them are very interesting characters and I definitely didn't find them to be too much of any one thing, which is something that I always look for in a good character. Um, so moving on to the cast, like, do, I don't even know if I should, like, do I even need to say anything? The cast is incredible. First of all, I want to talk about Anthony Rosenthal because talk about being underrated. He is so underrated. His voice is so sweet, first of all. I love it. Second of all, he is a very good actor. Like, he's a very talented actor. He did not let up for even a second Whenever that camera was on him, or even when it wasn't focused on him, he was acting his heart out, and I just feel like he deserved a lot more credit for, like, I don't know, it's hard because he was up against such an incredible adult cast, like, you know, it's hard to stand up to, like, Christian Borle and Stephanie J. Block and Andrew Rannells and Brandon Uranowitz, it's like... How, how do you compete with that kind of like adult talent but my he was so good like can we like give snaps for him please I feel like he just needs a fan page I hope he has a fan page he deserves one <laughs> so moving on anyway next I want to talk about Brandon Uranowitz because I feel like he is also underrated I feel like people are very focused on Christian Borle and Andrew Rannells and obviously I mean they have every right to be because those two men are fabulous but Brandon he he delivered like he was so good in that character and he was so funny a lot of the laughs were from him because he had he has great comedic timing and he has an incredible voice and I he was probably one of my favorite characters even though he got kind of like pretentious at some point when he's like what happened to the world but his character was one of my favorites and I don't know. I just enjoyed him a lot. I enjoyed his performance. I've never seen him or heard him in anything else that I know of. I didn't really know who he was before I did research for this. But I don't know. He doesn't... I'd never hear about him, even though he got... I mean, I say that, but he got nominated for a Tony. But I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh no, Andrew Reynolds deserved the Tony, which of course he deserves a Tony. Like, we're not disputing the fact that he deserves a Tony. But let's just say they were both robbed because both of their performances were very good. Although I would say Andrew Reynolds, but okay, that's beside the point. I'm just saying that I feel like he gets pushed to the side a lot and it's not okay. He's great. He's a great performer and he deserves to not get pushed to the side. So, yeah, uh, fan page and a Tony for <laughs> Brandon Uranowitz. Hashtag Tony for Uranowitz. Oh my god, can we get it trending? I would cry. <laughs> Anyway, I'm not saving the best for last. I'm saving the best for the middle because, like a sandwich, that's the best way to do it. Um, like an ice cream sandwich. <gasps> anyway, came up with a new metaphor today, guys. Proud of myself. <laughs> I'm not even in school and I'm still being productive. Um, so, yeah, best for middle. We got there eventually. Stephanie J. Block. Holy shnikey. Like, 
can we just talk about I'm breaking down for a second? That, I, I'm leaving these pauses in because it really just for, that is my opinion of Stephanie J. Block, just sh quiet awe. I, like, watching that, I've never seen a performance that was so good. I cannot believe she did not win the Tony for that. Literally, she, you could have just cut out the rest of falsettos, submitted that particular performance, and I would have given her every Tony. I would have given her all the Tonys that have ever been given for a supporting actress or a lead actress or whatever it was. I... <sighs> that, that moment... I knew that I really enjoyed the show. <laughs> I was dead and everyone around me was cracking up and that she was just so freaking good. Like I can't even express how much I loved that. Honestly, this I perform sometimes occasionally every once in a while. I wouldn't say that I'm like a musical theater performer. I'm not an actress. But my god, any self-esteem that I had about my acting ability and my singing ability was gone in that moment. <laughs> I was like, wow, I'll never get this self-esteem back after watching her belt with a banana in her mouth. And still, she was just flawless. I'm gonna say it. She was Beyonce, hashtag flawless. I, she woke up like that and I will never reach that level of just ethereal hilarity <laughs> I can try but I won't and uh god I loved Trina so much <laughs> she was so neurotic she reminded me of so much of my family and it oh god I just loved her and Stephanie J Block was she deserved the Tony let's just say that sorry Rachel Bay Jones you're a fabulous woman and I love you and dear Evan Hansen but sorry Stephanie J Block <laughs> changed my life she made me realize how gay I was <laughs> I can't I could literally go on forever so I'm gonna just try to stop there uh moving on <laughs> Christian Borel we already established that he I'm in love with him so <laughs> that's it he was really good even I, I loved him as Marvin I loved he made me care about Marvin even though Marvin kind of sucks Honestly, Marvin reminds me a lot of myself, which isn't great, because I know that I lash out. I'm not going to get into it. You know what? This is not a therapy session. I'm just going to say I related a lot to him. But when he slapped her and I was like, <laughs> I guess I'm breaking up with him. I guess I'm breaking up with this character and ever liking him. But at the end, he redeemed himself, and I really, I did enjoy his flirtation with Andrew Rannells. It greatly improved my uh, afternoon. <laughs> Speaking of Andrew Rannells, so good. He was so, just the right amount of, like, <laughs> sassy and fun, and you really, he was probably the most likable character in this other than, um, other than Jason, because he was so, like, down to earth and funny, and he was just looking for love, and, he was sweet. I just liked him a lot. I really enjoyed him. I like. I really am attached to the character of Wizard, and I know that a lot of people feel the exact same way, which is why it blows so much when he dies. Like, Andrew Rannells acted that so well with being sick and everything. He just was perfect the whole time. Like, he looked the right amount of being so depressed and resigned to dying and just... 
I don't know. He was so good. I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. If you can hear the change of tone in my voice, it just, his performance was really, really incredible. Like, it was definitely a Tony worthy performance, if I do say so myself. I don't know. I didn't see Gavin Creel in Hello Dolly, and I don't like Hello Dolly. Sorry, everyone who loves Broadway. But, um,. Yeah, I'm just, you know what, I'm just gonna stop saying who deserves a Tony, I mean, they deserve a Tony in general, I'm not gonna specify what year, or for what perform, actually, why well, I kind of am, by talking about falsettos, it doesn't matter, everyone deserves a Tony, we're millennials, give everyone a Tony, <laughs> that's what the old people say, right, millennials, they all get participation trophies, I mean, I guess if by participation trophy you mean my love, then yes, pretty much everyone <laughs> on it, like in a show on Broadway has it, because I just love everyone, <laughs> which is kind of, you'll notice probably that I don't talk about shows that I don't like, like I'll only ever say nice things about shows, but that's because why talk about something I don't like? <laughs> that's boring. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to think or talk about something that I don't enjoy? I know that's kind of a big thing in our current culture, like, talking about how much you don't like things and being just <laughs> a cynical brat, but I never really got on board, so <laughs> I guess I'll stay that way and keep this podcast positive and just lavish love upon everyone who even steps foot on a Broadway <laughs> stage or even off-Broadway. I'm not classist. <laughs> anyway, getting back to falsettos, obviously Tracy Toms and Betsy Wolf come in in the second act, and I take back what I said about Jason and Wizard being the most likable because now that I think about it, Cordelia and Charlotte are, obviously. They are very cute together. They are an adorable couple and they're just happy and cute and I love them so much. <laughs> they just bring, I don't know, the first act kind of lacked a balance and then Cordelia and Charlotte kind of bring that in. Like they keep them grounded a little better and I really appreciate them, and their relationship is really cute, and it's what I aspire to in my lesbian life. <laughs> I'll get there eventually. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd, I don't even know what else to say. Remember that time when Tracy Towns was in The Devil Wears Prada? Wild. She was great in that, too, <laughs> even though she was a terrible friend. That doesn't matter. The point is... You should go see Falsettos. <laughs> the point is, after talking about The Devil... And The Devil Wears Prada. Truly. <laughs> Classic film. Um, so yeah. That's it, guys. I never know how to end podcasts. Is this how you end podcasts? Talk randomly and just ramble? That's what a podcast is, so I imagine it ends the same way that it is. Whatever. I have a sign-off and everything. But you certainly wouldn't know it from the way that I behave. <laughs> um, so I hope that you have a great day. I hope that the entire cast of the Falsettos revival has a great day. I hope that James Lapine and William Finn have a great day. And remember, whether you're from Manhattan or Malawi, you are just as much a part of the theater community as anyone else. <laughs>